Welcome to the Yukon Internal Medicine Podcast. This is Alator Shujin, your host and a chief medical resident at the University of Connecticut. A quick disclaimer before we start, all opinions and views expressed in our podcast are entirely the responsibility of the authors and do not represent the opinions of anyone else in the Yukon Department of Medicine. The content presented is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. With that in mind, I would like to welcome you back to our ambulatory series, and today I would like to go over monkeypox, or MPOX, which is now the preferred term. We will discuss its epidemiology, symptoms, testing, treatment options, and recommendations on quarantine and transmission prevention. Let's start off with some background on the virus. Mpox is an enveloped, double-stranded DNA virus, which belongs to the Poxviridae family. Some of the other famous members of this family are smallpox virus and Molluscum contagiosum. Mpox was first characterized in the 1950s, but the first human case was reported in the Democratic Republic of Congo in 1970s. Despite Mpox having monkey in its name, it has a variety of host vectors which include mice, squirrels, and rat species. Before 2022, Mpox infections in humans were relatively rare, but in October of 2022, there was an outbreak of more than 70,000 cases scattered over 107 different countries. So in July 2022, WHO declared this Mpox outbreak a public health emergency. So what does a typical case of Mpox look like? The presenting symptoms are usually quite vague. Patient can be complaining of fever, fatigue, myalgia, headache, night sweats, sore throat, lymphadenopathy. There are characteristic skin lesions that may give away this diagnosis sooner. They can start as simple macules or papules and later progress to vesicles, pustules, and sometimes ulcerations. Skin lesions may be initially painful and later become pruritic. Given Mpox shares some similarities with Molluscum contagiosum, you may see umbilications of skin lesions as well. Ultimately, skin lesions regress over several weeks, but depending on the severity of the original ulcerations, scarring may develop. Locations of the initial skin lesions varies and can be on the face, scalp, trunk, extremities, or genitalia in cases of recent sexual contact with the infected person. If you are concerned that your patient may have Mpox, what workup would you do? So to start off, you have to exclude other viral diseases that may present with similar skin manifestations. If lesion cluster is within dermatomal distribution, consider testing for varicella zoster. Similarly, if perianal or pelvic areas are affected, consider testing for herpes simplex virus. And don't forget about other infectious etiologies such as primary syphilis, chancroid from Haemophilus zucrii, chlamydia. Staphylococcal and streptococcal skin infections can also present with pustules and vesicles, so make sure to test for those as well. Preferred testing for Mpox is PCR and it should be collected from two separate lesions. Important to note that unroofing of the lesions is not necessary. Healthcare providers should be donned in PPE, including gloves, gown, eye protection, and an N95 mask. Patients should be isolated if possible, and skin lesions should be covered. 
Such precautions are in place primarily because the mode of transmission is still poorly understood. There are two theories. First mode of transmission is presumed to be by direct contact with unhealed skin lesions, but the second possible mode of airborne or droplet transmission is still being investigated and cannot be ruled out. Whether or not ampox can be passed through various bodily fluids, such as semen, for example, is still being investigated. From what we know, the incubation period for ampox appears to be around 4 to 21 days. Person is considered contagious until symptoms resolve and until skin lesions are healed or crusted. While transmission through fomites has not been confirmed, it is recommended to treat bedding, clothing, or any other items recently in contact with the infected individual as potentially contaminated and wear gloves. Now that you have established a diagnosis of MPOX, how do you treat it? As of right now, there is no approved therapy for MPOX. Similar to many other viral illnesses, treatment of MPOX focuses primarily on symptom management. One antiviral is currently under investigation. It's called Ticoviramat, also known as TPOX. It is a P37 inhibitor which blocks viral envelope formation. This medication was previously approved for smallpox. Clinical trials investigating its efficacy against MPOX are currently underway. Other two antivirals that have been considered for treatment of MPOX are Sidofovir, which was previously used in treatment of CMV retinitis, and Bristidofovir, which was previously used for treatment of smallpox. Fortunately, there is an FDA-approved vaccine against MPOX. It's called Junios, and it is a life-attenuated orthopox virus vaccine. There is another vaccine that was originally designed for smallpox called ACOM2000 that is currently under investigation as well. CDC currently recommends Junios vaccination as a post-exposure prophylaxis, meaning it has to be given 4 to 14 days after exposure and in two doses, four weeks apart. Information presented today was based on literature available to date. Data on MPOX is evolving and is likely to change our understanding of the virus and how to approach its treatment and prevent transmission in the near future. For most up-to-date information going forward, make sure to check the latest CDC recommendations on MPOX. That's all we have for you this week. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you in our next episode.